up, hot queen? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Waste potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors, we're worse. I'm Clarabel Ortega, And I'm Ryan LaSala, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. And welcome to the Bad Author Book Club holiday episode, holiday slash like year end recap retrospective. We don't really know what to, what to call it, but we do know we're about to have a festive time. So before we do that, our usual and quick reminder that it is super helpful to rate and subscribe and like our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So whether that be Spotify or Apple or, you know, whatever, uh, it's really helpful for us to find additional hot queens to add into our ever-growing hive. And if you love our show, you can also seek us out on social media. All of those links are in our show notes along with our individual social media links. And of course, there is a link to our secret discord where we gab about all things tara banks uh jenner twins indra model land fan art all that fun stuff happens on discord so if you uh if you're interested and you want to be part of a fun community um go ahead and click that and we'll see you there i love the discord it really is the best discord that i'm a part of or ever have been a part of for sure it totally is yeah Truly. So, Hot Queens, this episode, instead of digging into the next chapter of Rebel City of Indra, we thought it'd be useful to kind of do a quick recap of everything that's happened so far, which is virtually nothing, but we'll recap it anyways. (laughs) We'll do our best. And then I think it'd be fun to do like a little prediction moment to see sort of where we think the the story slash the series is going. But I also think, Clarabelle, it'd be fun to like... Do our own little, you know, what's happened so far in our year as authors, right? And then um, what we're looking forward to, our predictions for next year. So sort of like a like a very like meta predictions episode for for the listeners this week. I think we'll definitely be jumping off of the island onto a rig next year. I just hope the Roombas are online. (laughs) Yeah, because (laughs) I plan to do jack shit next year. And I am just hoping that the Roombas beneath my feet carry me to where I need to go. That's what manifestation is to me. I love that. I would love to say that I plan to do jack shit next year, but that is untrue. Um, (laughs) Should we start with, uh, with a little Rebel City of Indra recap? Yeah, let's do it. Let's. Why don't we do our recaps first for both of ourselves and the Indrithians, and then we'll do our predictions as like the second half of the episode. How's that? Okay, that sounds good. Okay, where do we even begin with Rebel City Oof. of Indra? I don't. <laughs> I, we're, well, there we're was my, a drill. <laughs> there, oh my god! Stop. Wait. Okay, I have questions about this because yes, the book starts with like what turns out to be a prologue, but I still have zero idea where that fits into the story itself the whole drill thing like I thought that was going to be so major and it's minor yeah I mean I'm also very confused about like what part it plays in the overall sort of like story at first I was kind of convinced that one of the two brothers was like yeah the girl's dad that that was sort of like the connection okay but now I I'm struggling to see how any of that makes sense or, like, why it would matter that they were connected, right? I have Um, no idea. It just feels very, like, disjointed. Like, we have puzzle pieces, Hmm. but they're for, like, seven different puzzles. I know. And and there's no box with an image. Like, like, we don't. There's no box with an image. (laughs) There are missing pieces. Yeah. It's a mess. So, um, so basically the first, like, the, this, like, prologue thing that we saw is like people mm-hmm. trying to like break through some sort of surface with like a giant drill that we don't we still don't know what she looks like um yeah. and like right when we're about to like break through or there's like a little bit of sunlight like w- there's two men sort of in charge one of the men kills the other that's what happened yeah. right no you're totally right there was i had to go back and look there's andrew and 
Astro, I think, were the two, like, people, and, like, maybe they're brothers, but they get into some sort of fight, and there's, like, a, there's, like, a power struggle, and one of them's killed, and, but it's as, like, they breach the surface finally and get to see, like, daylight, and then that's the end of the prologue, and we switch to chapter one, which has the very triggering chapter title, Countdown to the Emergence Ball, Oh one my god, day. shut up. <laughs> I, I literally... I'm not kidding you. I forgot about the emergence ball. Oh, which was such a shame because it was such a highlight of the, of the first half of it this book. It took so long to get there, though, that it was almost like it, it was a highlight. And I mm. feel like those chapters were interesting and like good, mm. but it was almost like too little too late. Like by the time we got there, I was already over it. So. Right. And it also almost felt like there was little to no impact or like fallout from what actually happened like everything that happened after could have happened completely separate from the emergence ball i feel like the thread that they should have weaved through it it didn't feel connected as much as i would have liked yeah and like livia's what i thought was like character growth after that like her admitting like hey i was wrong Mm -hmm. she just kind of like went all the way backwards on it i know i know you're so right Um, you know, it's actually kind of funny. Um, I am back in the basement where we recorded our very first episode of BABC because similarly, I was home and I like brought all my stuff home and tried to do it in the attic. And we had to like pause and move me down here last time as well, too. So I'm like on the floor drunk. where uh, actually very famously... Um, I fell asleep. Yes, I passed out drunk. <laughs> and it's where you were like, are you drunk right now? And it's like all of our introduction when I'm like screaming in the theme song was like recorded down here. I'm having like war flashbacks to it. That was such a funny moment because you kept slurring your words. And I was like, Ryan, what is going on? I was like, <laughs> well, we had been like recording for like two hours and... All I had, like, next to me was, like, a bottle of wine, which was yeah. empty by the end of it. So I was so gone. I was, like, plastered. I think especially when you're, like, like rage reading something and, like, rage talking about it oh with a friend. God. It's very easy to just, like, keep drinking. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and at the volume that we're talking, you lose a lot of moisture when you don't shut the fuck up. And you have to replenish that somehow. Yeah, it was... <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Jesus Christ. Okay, but it's good to be back. It's good to be back to our roots. Yeah. So so the so the famous countdown chapters which we don't have anymore, but basically um we started off I think so Livia was the first yes. POV. Yeah. What we know so far is that the these two girls have some sort of connection which we didn't find out till like much mm-hmm. later. But the very beginning of the book was just basically a back and forth about, like, their life, their everyday life, and sort mm-hmm. of, like, their history. And in terms of Livia, we know that she is a horse girl. She's been very sort of sheltered, and she's been groomed to be sort of, like, a wife her whole life. It's true. And she lives on this place called Helix Island. She has a horse named Veda. Um, she has a big booby governess um, that we we're obsessed with. And sort of, like... I don't know, like, I guess Marius is, like, her guardian, too. Because, like, it feels like the governess, the governess is her is her guardian, but Marius seems like the one yeah, who's, like, she's more like a, involved in her day-to-day life. Like a nanny, almost, to her. Except now she's, like, mm. a little too old for that. And, yeah, like, okay, so what's important about, like, Dear Miss Livia? Yes, Veda with her horse, like, horse realness, that's important. Most of the book so far has just been, like, recapping their childhoods, and I'm trying to think of, like, Livia's childhood. The major things were basically, like, she wasn't allowed to study genetics, (laughs) even though as a young child, all she wanted to do was study genetics. And the one time she, like, tried, do you remember the scene where the governess was, was, like, reading erotica or, like, romance? She was, like, watching (laughs) pornography on her, like, Kindle paper white (laughs) from the future yeah she's, she's a book, a book talk, talk girly. girly and um somehow though livia like did manage to sneak in to like the library or something like that and teach herself how to read mm-hmm. so she's a very precocious little girl but despite this she was sent to like 
deportment and decorum school um, to, to learn how to be a proper young woman, right? Like the proper young... Yeah. Interesting one woman. But every, doesn't everyone get sent to that? That's like... You have you to go, have yeah. To go, I think of a certain right? nobility or a certain mm. status. It's just simply what's expected. So mm. she didn't want to, but she did yeah. anyways. And she... Most of her story, I feel like, was sort of very these like model land esque vignettes where she would have to do some sort of horrifying thing at etiquette school, uh, which ranged from eating like pig's feet <laughs> to like uh, laying down and pretending she couldn't get up. <laughs> A class that I would <laughs> master straight A's <laughs> if I needed it. And then, uh, of course, you know, the the age-old task of standing on a platform that's floating in the air, spinning around. Yeah. And she she did mm-hmm. a great job she at everything. She also had her own yeah. Zarpeza. I it's not Casina, because Casina's the other one, right? Casina's Sky Zarpeza. And then, I forgot her name. That's how inconsequential she is. They had to, like, just give her... A foil yes, that was Yeah, a mean so she's girl. got her own like bully who hasn't popped up yet in sort of the present timeline, but I'm sure she will. I think she'll be around somewhere. Yeah. Um, I bet they'll try to like partner her off with Kane. Oh my or god, something. I know. I was actually had, had this um, moment. Well, uh, you know what? Not pertinent, but I had this moment when I was like, I wonder if like the like the rigor men that we had come up recently, like I wonder if they're gonna be like love in like Hep. Can you imagine Hep as a love interest? That's what I was thinking too, because like part of me feels like all right, this is all for we'll the get to it. We could get to area. it later. So we can yeah. we can hold it. We can hold it. Um, okay, so Livia. So Livia basically has been preparing her whole life to be married, to be a, in mm-hmm. cohabitation with, like, a proper young man. But she hates it. She does, she's not like other mm. girls. She doesn't like, you know, just, like, sitting around. She loves to, like, fight and study and do all of these, you know, quote-unquote yeah. not girly things, which, ridiculous. Um, and so she doesn't really pay much attention in class, but she's still good at everything, and she's still snatched. <laughs> yeah, and like that's all that really matters. That she still has a right? itty bitty, sickening little waist, and that's something that you need to know about her. Yeah. Oh, right. It was so important. They like needed mm-hmm. to say that. So like, um, doesn't know her parents. She mentioned her parents in the beginning, like a couple times. So I thought that was going to be a yeah. more important part mm-hmm. of her storyline like i thought she was going to be curious about it or like looking for answers but it turns out that she's not doing much of anything except rebelling against what they yeah. are telling her to do but to no real end right um so we get to her emergence ball and kane who is a character in the other pov lex's pov tries to kill yeah. her um and then after that she sort of being treated as a pariah, she realizes like, oh my god, I've ruined yep. my life. But then, just as quickly, she goes back to, I need to like get out of here because I don't want to get married because um, Marius will find me a husband one way or another. Um, so all of her character growth was sort of undone. And then she finally meets up with Lex when she also tries to, like, kill her or get information out of her. And that's basically really all that's happened. Like, we've watched her get bullied. We've watched her push back on being told what to do. um, And we've watched her have sort of, like, kind of mind-reading powers or something akin to, like, emotion sensing with Veda, especially her horse, who she could communicate with. And we've watched her go into like the archives, which are like this, these this like memory yeah. keeping system that yeah. this world has. Um, yeah. And that's what about was it. crazy to me is that if you think about it, we've only really plot wise experienced three scenes worth of plot, right? Like the very first one where mm-hmm. Livia is like riding around on her horse, being like, "I actually don't want to go to my emergence ball tomorrow." That's one. Two is the emergence ball and the subsequent assassination attempt. Three is what's happened just recently where she's lamenting the fact that she is a pariah and then she gets attacked. Like those are the only three events that have actually happened in the present day timeline of this book, which is so crazy to me, but it's wild because we're, we're like, we're something like close to 60% done with the book. 
percentage wise and like when you mm-hmm. look at it that way like all the major plot points everything that we just read could have been maybe it, three chapters. It, yes yeah well because we've had three chapters of actual yeah. stuff happen yeah and i'm like we kind of we're like holding out hope because like there has to be a reason that we got all this like backstory but so far these things like these pieces are not coming back into play in a useful way and in fact they're like they're being like very regularly contradicted right like the details that have been deployed Ugh. anyways the other pov that we have in this book we have lex who's sort of like rowdy like no nonsense like you know i will kick your ass and ask questions later girl and her three <laughs> scenes that are important is that she had she's had this rough and tumble upbringing which we can definitely talk about but just to kind of pair it with what we just said about Livia's three scenes, basically Lex is a cadet in this sort of military academy underground. She comes from sort of the subterranean lowlife society of Indra. Uh, and despite failing at almost everything, she has received top marks and been placed into an elite cadet force. Um, but she immediately abandoned it to pursue a meeting with her like secret bestie boyfriend Kane um, because she believes that he's been taken captive and her intel has led her to the surface world of Indra where she immediately got into a brawl with Livia and now they're they're together. So she has a little bit more that's happened for her, but it's only like mm-hmm. it's only like a like a couple of chapters as well, right? That we've sort of been in like the present timeline, but that's that's sort of where she's at. Do you think it's worth digging into any of the stuff that happened yeah. in her past? Probably. I mean, I don't know. Here's here's the problem. I feel like yeah. with both POVs, there's so much information like loaded up front that even if the intention was to bring this all back again, it would be near impossible to make everything <laughs> relevant with like and for us to remember it, right? Because it's one thing, like, yeah, sure. You can make a connection to the time she, like, argued with someone <laughs> yeah. at the yeah. right? Like, sure, that would have actually <laughs> happened. Yes. But, like, but like, how, how likely are we to remember each and every one of these scenarios that they've, like, given to us and, like, remember yeah. them in the moment without, like, checking back? I feel like it's so super hard. And, like, both of us sort of, like, picked up on, like, three key points that happened in both of their chapters those should really be the things that we're looking back on there can be other things weaved in there obviously like for foreshadowing or whatever but they should really be building on those like key moments but instead this is the same thing that happened with model land which is like really interesting because i think that when a book is not necessarily well written they share a lot of like commonalities and one of them is like too much useless oh, information. I have like a theory about this. I think that like certain people are like really sort of spontaneously imaginative. And I think they mistake this as an ability to be a compelling storyteller, but there's a difference between overwhelming someone and enthralling them. Effective storytellers yes. have that initial part, right? Like the 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 engine that is able to kind of give a lot of detail, to give a lot of like texture. They could, they have that sort of creative output, but what they also have is the ability to synthesize it into something effective. So it's not overwhelming yes. and it is enthralling. And what we've sort of discovered with like like Tyra, like Tyra had like such a wealth of like really like fun, wacky, like crazy shit going on. And sometimes it was really like very amusing. Sometimes it was inventive, but altogether it was simply overwhelming to the point of being like kind of nauseating as a reader. And it was missing out on the ability to kind of sew itself into something coherent. And that's what I think we're having here. We're like, yeah. and a lot of writers do this, right? Where they have that first part of the equation, like the output, but they don't have necessarily the, the like discipline to, I wouldn't even say rein it in, but to control it into something coherent uh, that can then be turned into a story. But I don't know. I don't know why like people don't pick up on that. Like why, why they don't sort of sit back and think like, oh, maybe, well, you know, I do know why it's like. They won't be edited. They don't allow themselves to be edited or like no one can sort of say anything to them. Mm. And the result is you get sort of these like hodgepodge messes of novels. Um, the difference is, is that when this happens in the real world to like a, a real person that's not a celebrity, it usually just doesn't make it all the way into the hands of like thousands and thousands of readers. The reason that this podcast exists is because celebrities who kind of have that output 
don't get it reined in and don't figure out a way to kind of make it make sense. And the result is these books that get like torn apart or ignored like this book. No one knows about it. And there's a reason. I really agree. And you know what? I don't think that necessarily writing that way, because like I actually find that I do that sometimes too. Like I come up with a lot of things spontaneously as as I write, which is why I have to be really rigid about editing, uh, outlining because if I don't, then my imagination will run away with me. But I think the second part of that that you were talking about is like so, so super important. And I think that is where the whole term like killing your darlings really matters. Because I think what's important to remember as an author, it's like just because it makes you excited in the moment doesn't mean it actually serves the story. And it might be a good idea. It might be like fun and exciting and cool and make you laugh. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's yeah. essential to the story. And like... That, then yeah you end up with a mess um and it always makes me laugh when like on like instagram or somebody or something somebody will be like well they didn't really write the book right or like how much did they really write about it and i'm like well think about it these people mm-hmm. who are ghostwriting have usually written other books and their books are not a disaster yeah. like this so there has to be something going on in the process of working with these celebrities that they do have a hand in it. Otherwise, it might not be the best book in the world. It might be forgettable, but it's not going to be this much of a fucking disaster. (laughs) And I think that's because they... They are, ha- they do have a voice in it. They do, they I are giving so. feedback. Yeah. They are giving ideas and they're insisting that those things become a part of it. So for better or for worse, they are authors. Oh, as well. I love that sentence. It's a good bumper sticker for better or for worse. They are authors. Cause I feel like <laughs> you could say that on a lot of people. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that is our recap. I think that's the gist of it. I don't think there's anything else that we're leaving out yeah. that's important because really the story feels like it has only just begun. So doing a recap is like, <laughs> I don't know, feels so pointless. Cause like we've only just sort of started on what feels like the actual like meat of the plot. But I'm, you know, there are probably details that are going to come in handy that we're glossing over in this moment too. But I don't think our listeners are going to suffer. I think that people... I mean, I know for a fact that our Discord has a very long memory for these minor little details because constantly people will like sprinkle them in and like jump scare me in the middle of a chat. They'll be like, oh, remember this? (laughs) They remember way too much stuff. I am concerned for you guys. I think I think honestly, what has happened so far can be summed up so super easily in that. Two mm-hmm. girls from different worlds are brought together trying to find a boy. That is death. That is yeah. what it's coming down to. Um, you know, like uh, uh, Lex and Kane had some sort of relationship. Kane is um, tasked with killing this heiress named Livia, and he's taken away. And the girls get together and then go find him. I mean, we haven't seen that happen that they're going to find him, but that's definitely what's yeah. what where we're going. I could I couldn't imagine what else it could be. Um, I swear to God, if they find him in like five seconds, I'm going to make lose it because <laughs> like what like. He's then what? he's then on what? the rig. Like the rig is clearly I mean, he's probably not on the rig, but like the rig is clearly like a hub for some sort of like rebellion, right? Because they said that he's like hanging out on the rig. I forget like the No, but can, couldn't he it, it wasn't he, he was, arrested, but I think though? that like we're about to find like the secret rebel base or something like that. Like the, I I don't something like that. Uh but <laughs> you're right. I mean, that's the gist of it. That's what we've got. Um now as for us, do you want to do a quick recap of our years? What we've been doing while doing the podcast? I've had quite the year, actually. Um, so I released the Golden Frog Games mm-hmm. in May, the second Witchlings book. Um, instant hey, New York Times bestseller. Yes. Woo! Um, I won the... Um, Purabel Prey yep. Award for Frizzy, the Eisner for Frizzy. Uh, Frizzy won so much shit. Um, like, unbelievable. Every award I could think of. She got it. She won she cle- it. She cleared um, the roster. She, got <laughs> she it. really did. I yeah. loved being with you at the Purabel Prey, like, um, uh, like award ceremony mm-hmm. in, that was in, was that in Chicago? Ceremony. I think it was, right? Oh, Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, so yeah, cool. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. 
that's a core memory for me. I, I was so happy that like you and Kat yes. got to share that with me. Um, and that you guys got me a matcha latte like in the middle of the ceremony and like brought it <laughs> I forgot up about my, that I was stripped. <laughs> and everyone, everyone was like, oh my God, Clarabelle, you're such a diva. Like, I can't believe it. And I was like, I literally, like my friends just wanted me to it be hydrated. I got there late through no, no. fault of my own, yeah. by the way. They forgot to take me to the award ceremony. They left without me. <laughs> And everybody had like tea and coffee and water with them. They were about to speak. And you spoke last. Nothing. I was like dying. And I spoke last. Exactly. Leave the best for last. Period. Um, so so yeah. So those things happened. Um, have been working on Witchlings three all year. Have been working on my young adult book all year. Um, I sold a few projects this year that I can't say yet. Um, but I'm very excited about them. And I. Uh, feel like I have found my groove in terms of like writing and working not that it's any less like sort mm-hmm. of like chaotic but I'm just like getting my stuff done and like focusing more on that than like the things that don't mm-hmm. matter as much um which is really exciting and fun um I love to be like in my stories and just like in the worlds that I create. I think that's like when I'm happiest as an author, when I'm just sort of like figuring things out and writing and working on my actual craft. Um, So I've done a lot of writing this year. I feel like my writing has improved. My craft has improved. um, And I've done a lot of planning for the future too. sort of started mapping out like what comes Mm -hmm. after Witchlings in terms of my middle grade career. Uh, what comes next for my graphic novels and then hopefully i will be breaking into young adult <gasps> next year oh that God. is the goal I, you know that part in rocky horror where like dr frankenfurter is like i know you shiver with antissa patient yeah I, that's me <laughs> yeah that's that is me and you and like you're like that's like that's like you and i are janet and brad and dr frankenfurter is played by your ya career's potential like that like, like going up at like oh the, in the and when he has like the elevator like the rickety elevator and he's like going up it during that that's like us like i'm like i'm like looking at your star rise and i'm so excited no, but truly it is it is like nerve-wracking but like this was Mm -hmm. the plan all along and i think that it's like a testament of having Mm -hmm. like a good agent that sometimes especially for people who get a lot of ideas like i know both of you both you and i get a lot of ideas and like trying to like rein ourselves in in terms of like what to work on Mm -hmm. when is really important and that's been like probably one of my agent's biggest jobs is sort of like reminding me like hey you actually have like three deadlines already next year so like maybe we shouldn't add on to it yeah And the fact that, like, Susie very clearly from the beginning was, like, we want to make sure that you are established in one age category before we move to the next. And I think it's the best thing that we could have done because, like, I don't feel like everything is riding on me breaking into YA because I didn't do well in middle grade. I think I I will be fine in middle grade whether or not my YA career takes off. And that's, like... There's like a comfort in that, right? It's not like I have everything riding on this idea and this um, moment. It's more like it would be super nice to have to build on my career in this way. But I'm also very comfortable and yeah. happy where I am in middle grade. This is more like a challenge. Yeah, you've got a really strategic position right now. And there's a total difference between running towards something and running away from something. You're not fleeing the wreckage of anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have this really great oh, yeah. career and that'll keep developing as you work on expanding like sort of everything that you can do. And I know firsthand that your your YA is fantastic. I've read a book of yours that that was in YA from forever ago. And so I'm very much looking for I like I mostly am looking forward to you getting and you've sort of seen a little of this already, but like you getting to start to like talk about things and then getting the response that you sort of deserve from people online and like the excitement too. And I mean, I oftentimes when people are talking about like book world, like they're often talking about like YA book world because it just is such a highly visible place. And it's where so much like 
drama happens and negotiations and also really like important, powerful conversations. And I know a lot of people think that you already write YA because you're such like a sort of household name, like in professional circles. So I'm excited <laughs> for you to like show up with your talent and mop the floor with the girls. Like it's going to be so good. Oh. I can't wait. I I wanna I wanna mop the floor with the girls together, not with. <laughs> That's hair. fine, fine. We can all mop together. <laughs> girls on mop three, together. one, two, three, mop. <laughs> two, three, mop. <laughs> That's fine. I'll grab a mop. It's gonna be that scene from Fantasia. Yeah, where they just, have all the mops. Well, I just you know what it is. I've seen people sort of like who are new to to publishing in general or like breaking into Mm -hmm. like a new category. I'm like, you're not ready for like my takeover. And it's always really annoying to see that as someone who's already there. Cause it's like, shut the fuck up. Like it's not as easy or like, it's not like other people who aren't already here killing it. So like I super have so much respect for like the YA world and I never want it to come off. Like I'm saying like, get yeah, ready you ain't seen nothing like the, well, that's fine that's that's how i think about it but i get to do that because i've been in ya and i have like this like embittered like yeah, i'm like an embittered exactly. caesar flickerman character at this point in the world of ya so i'm i'm excited about it i i have i have very specific goals of like what kind yeah. of author i want to be and like what kind of legacy i want to have in why i don't know if you see like right back here mm-hmm. i'm like pointing mm-hmm. to that shelf right there that's like my inspiration shelf it's full of lee bardugo mm-hmm. and holly black like t- both of the two of their projects are comps for my current series mm-hmm. and inspiration for my uh, current series and like i just i love not just their writing and like their progress as writers because I've been following them since the very yeah. very beginning but also how they carry themselves mm-hmm. in the world of young adult because like they're not fighting people right they're not trying to <sighs> copyright the sun like and Lee could they're just <laughs> Lee, ha- they're Lee, just, Lee has Lee, Lee could Lee, do that if she Lee, wanted to yeah Lee has, Lee the, has the right um I, I just like love how smart they are yeah. about writing and like I don't know. This is kind of like a little bit of a tangent, but I don't know if you ever uh, listened to the Ride or Die episode with Holly Black, but she said one of the smartest things that related, I related to it so hard, where she was talking about how all her friends wrote yeah. really quickly and how she was always really struggling with that. And like she was thinking about it when she was like on like vacation with like her friend and like her family. And they were like, everybody was like in the pond, right? And it was like freezing cold water. And she kept going in to the pond and getting out because it was cold and getting in and, and coming out. And like she she didn't just let herself like plunge in because it was uncomfortable. And at a certain point in this like process of her like coming in and out of the pond, she realized, oh, my God, Ooh. this is how I write. She's like, this is why I can't write quickly, because I'm every time it gets difficult, yeah. I stop. And I just don't plunge in and like push through. And she realized in that moment that she needed to push through the discomfort of those moments where she felt stuck in order to finish. And like when she said that, I felt like crying because it felt like someone was looking inside Mm -hmm. of my brain. And to have that kind of insight and knowledge and like to tell it so beautifully in the story of like your life. That's what you want. That's who I want to be. Totally. That's what I want to be. I want to be the kind of writer that is so brilliant that I can take this moment in my life and realize like, oh, this is how... I write, this is the problem with my process right now and like fix it through this, like seeing how other people not write, but jump into the pond without like jumping out again quickly. And like, to me, that's inspiring. So like, that is my goal. It's like so abstract. Mm -hmm. I feel like, like my goal is to be like Holly Black's thinking process, but I feel like that's so much better for my brain than being like, I want to be like you know a on a b and c list i feel like focusing on that kind of shit for me is like detrimental to my health i want to jump on a uh, into the pond and the thing in the pond from model land is like there too and it comes out and makes me play the tuba (laughs) that's the pond that that, that's that that, we're talking about goals (laughs) that's what i want yeah that's that's a goal with i also have like these goals of sort Um, of addressing some of my like 
workflow quirks i'll call them not inadequacies because like you like Mm -hmm. i feel like i've eased into i've eased out of the like i'm new to this phase and now it's like my career i've like made a life for myself like i've determined that the things that have gone well have not been flukes right like i'm not falling out of fashion right like I, i sort of feel like I'm very solid. And now the task ahead of me is to like make good on all the success that I've had and to turn it into, you know, um, like even more, all the stuff that I want. And I'm sort of done telling myself like, oh, well, like this is just a dream. Like it probably won't happen because enough crazy shit has happened to me in the past year that I really do think like even like my far flung dreams about like what I want for myself, the things that I want to accomplish, like. I'm definitely not going to be the one to say no to myself and maybe other people will say no and maybe they won't happen. Good, but like I at least I'm going to do myself the dignity of taking myself like pretty seriously in like the next year and seeing those things to um, fruition as best as I can. But it's going to mean some adjustments in terms of how I mm. even approach my like creative practice. And that that's something that I'm like ready for. That's something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think it's I I I think it's so exciting to be able to be at the point where we're looking at our careers through the lens of like how we can create our like how can we improve yeah. our process and like what our creative mm-hmm. life looks like. I think that's really yeah. super exciting because I feel like we're focusing on the right things and in a way that's a luxury to be able to focus on those things, but I think we've sort of always focused on those Mm -hmm. things also like at least more so than like an average debut who's like obsessed with like goodreads or whatever the fuck it is like we've always been very obsessed with like with our creative process and like what our life is gonna look like and sort of like getting better and like our craft and i think that that we've fought for that to be important even when other things were like taking over so like now that helped us get to the point now where we can like focus on that more so but like speaking of your future and your year what has Uh, this year it's been i mean it's funny because i have written nothing this year like i feel like in terms of being a writer wait a minute i've worked on I let's see. I definitely I've worked on stuff, but like I haven't. This is the first year in a long time where I haven't like written a book though, because I wrote Beholder February two years ago. I realized, and so I'm coming up with sort of the two year anniversary of like actually having like written that book, and I'm about to start the book that's going to come out after Beholder, right? The one that's going to come out in like a year and a half from now so i have been sort of in this weird like valley where like i haven't been writing regularly but i've been on turbo mode in terms of like everything else an author life requires and this year i've been doing like a ton of travel a ton of promotion and yes in the middle i've been drafting stuff and working on like i like i I put together this like mammoth proposal that got me um a deal that is like absolutely going to change my life which i'm really excited to talk about once i get to that stage but um none of it's officially yet so i can't share too many details but like you know the details behind it and i'm really excited about that but like that's kind of the major thing that like i worked on this year and the most of that work was just like ideating it was thinking it was imagining while at the gym while like on airplanes while sitting at a layover at the nashville airport watching a singer songwriter struggle to get through a lady gaga song right like these are the moments that like have made up my year which is i have to kind of like i look i I journal a lot and i have had to kind of keep looking at like past entries of like where i am and what i was doing because this year it's been hard to sort of like figure out like what i even got done like where all the time went because i don't have these big sort of crystallized accomplishments um but that said at the same time i also like I've gotten to see such progress in like other areas. Like the big thing that I did this year, for instance, is I released Beholder, which is a book that I'm really proud of that had um, this like really great critical reception in that um, a lot of exciting things are happening for as a result of, but like a lot of that's behind the scenes. Um, And same thing with like the Honeys, where like the Honeys Mm -hmm. came out technically last year, but like it was this year that it found like a ton of readers and like earned out before even being out for a year, like the paperback came out and there's all of these like cool, really interesting things that are happening as a result of that too. But again, like many things are 
behind the scenes. That's not so much occluded because it's it's the like the the film and TV thing. Um, Honey's is being optioned for it, it was optioned for film, but like that's now starting to make progress, which is really cool to see because that's something that I never thought was gonna like. I thought I, I thought people would be interested. I didn't think it was gonna like actually start moving forward. So it's things like that, and so I I have had an interesting year, um, a year of like many accomplishments, but it's been. Sometimes I, because I think first and foremost that my job is to write books and because I haven't really written like a book this year, like I sort of found myself in like November and October been like, damn, like what did I even do this year? And I had to go back and like look at everything else and be like, oh wait, I guess I did like a ton of work this year, but it just doesn't, it's not in the language that I'm used to congratulating myself in, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I was really surprised when you said, like, I, you haven't really written this year because, like, I specifically remember you saying, like, oh, yeah. I'm working on this thing. Like, I, like, kind of, like, frazzled. <laughs> well, I'm always I, frazzled. I think, that's just a given. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I think it is important to, like, yeah. sort of reevaluate how you, lo- like, look at those, uh, like, what writing is. Because, I mean, you said it yourself, like a lot of it was spent like thinking about writing and like doing proposals, like all of that stuff is part of the process, you know, even if you don't have like a completed book at the end of it, like one of the things that they used to tell me in journalism school is the more research you do up front, the easier the article is to write. So like the more research you have, the more thought you put into it, the easier the book is going to come for you because you're going to have a, like a crystallized version of it. Right. Um, so I feel like you've done a lot, and also oh my god, oh my god, right, wait, Chicago, same day. Oh my god, I forgot. (laughs) I guess so. So (laughs) not me, not me reminding you of your awards. The um the Odyssey Award for the Honey's audiobook, which is I have been telling everyone the the Grammy of audiobooks, despite there also being a Grammy for audiobooks, which someone had to tell me. at one point so i guess i should probably retire that yeah the other the Grammy, other the Grammy lesser known Grammy audiobooks. of audiobooks and that was really cool i was i was really that was sort of like the moment when like i won that and sort of learned that it's like one of like the top prizes like on you know in the industry for like for audiobooks and for for books in general that get like audio editions like that was sort of yeah. moment when i was like oh i guess like these things are possible right like and it's okay to kind of like hope after them. And I didn't even know what that was when um, I got like the news that like we had been like nominated. So I had to learn about it. And then when we won, like that was really exciting because I'm someone who really conceptualizes my own career as um, I'm part of a larger team of people making something successful. I'm very aware of the people at my publishing house that like the, like, you know, the audiobook production house that are working to kind of make something a success, a phenomenon. And so uh, that that award specifically is for like the production, like the voice acting and the book itself too. So it felt kind of right that like uh, the honeys, which is a book about like how to connect with other people would win an award that is completely contingent on people connecting with one another. It felt really nice and um, it felt very suitable for, for that particular book too. So I was very excited about, about that. I can't believe you forgot. That was very important. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> let's see. Okay. So if we're talking specifics, yes, that happened this year. I had Beholder come out, which is exciting. I was brought to Hawaii for a um, really big honor to celebrate the Librarian of the Year Award with a librarian in Hawaii. I was kidnapped while there. You know, the, <laughs> the normal, usual things that happen to an author. Um, I tried to get an agency to sign with me so that I could become a speaker for that agency. I was turned down. <laughs> I, I, I've had the ups, I've had the downs, but it has been such a like <laughs> such a good year. And um and through all of it, like having sort of the through line of like, you know, like weekly chats with you. Well really daily chats with you, but sort of weekly chats about like, you know, something other than our own books. Um, I'm talking about like Bad Author Book Club has been really lovely, really special. Right. So I'm I don't know, I'm I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to next year and all the things that we have upcoming and i think because we're sort of getting on the long side do you want to just quickly punch out like what you think your next year is going to hold and then we could wrap up with what we think is going to happen in indra oh um so well definitely witchlings three uh in october of next year house of elephants um you can already pre-order it which is really exciting um 
I'm very excited because I keep seeing the fandom sort of like grow and like more people mm-hmm. like find the books, which is really fun. And this book is like it's everything is getting like a little bit darker, uh, but I'm being like I'm able to explore the girls' personalities in like different ways, like introduce these new characters and their um, at least at least two of the witchlings are turning 13 in book two. Um, I'll say that much. (laughs) For those of you who read book two, um, and you know what I'm talking about. And yeah, I, there's going to be a lot of writing for me because I, like I said, I've sold several projects this year, which means more work Mm -hmm. coming up. Um, And, can't believe i'm actually trying to sell an additional two projects starting in january so yeah so i i have a lot going on in terms of like my writing life and i definitely want to find a balance and like a better schedule for myself so that i am not just prioritizing writing which i Mm. am really great at doing but like also my own mental health and like my happiness and my hobbies i want to get back to doing stuff that bring me joy that aren't necessarily monetized things like i want to go back to doing writing buddies on twitch now that i have my office will be so much easier to do that um and my therapist on our last session um was like we basically wanted to like set some sort of like intention in the new year, right? Like what are we going to focus on? Like what things do you want to focus on? And like my one thing that I want to focus on is being more independent because I, especially mm-hmm. after COVID, but even before that, I had a really hard time sometimes like leaving my house and like doing things for myself and on my own without getting incredibly nervous and anxious about it. Um, so I've been getting better slowly um, with these things, but next year, my main focus out of everything is to be more self-sufficient on my own so that if I was alone, yeah. I would be fine, you know, if I, I don't have to depend on anybody else. So that's like my big goal for next year. And I'm hoping that next year just brings like a lot of like amazing new readers and experiences and like growth and healing for me. Like those are my goals and things that i'm hoping i see all those things for you and i'm excited to kind of watch it um (laughs) one of my big goals for next year just related to you and sort of your life is that um i might be buying a house in the same town as clarabelle (laughs) just (laughs) just because i have to be closer everybody ryan is stalking my life um that's sort of the next thing that i'm hoping to do because i have really loved where i've lived but i'm ready to have a bigger life than you're sort of allowed to have in like a big city like New York and I literally mean that like I want so many things for like my writing career and all the dreams and things that I want to create that I just want the time and the space to do that Um, and that that means more privacy and that means more like kind of seclusion and um, being as close to Clarabelle Ortega as possible (laughs) so I mean if anyone was wondering just how obsessed we are with each other like there would nothing would delight me more than Ryan literally living like under my bed okay please oh my god Uh, and I don't know I have like so many things that I need to work on next year I'm hoping it's a really big writing year I don't have a book coming out next year I have a story and an anthology but aside from that like no other books coming out which means that uh, while I'll be doing promotion I'm hoping that the main thrust of next year is actually creating stuff and I know the thing that I'm working on right now if I can do it well which I fully plan to do is going to blow the tits off of like the people that really love my work and I think it's going to bring in a ton of like new people too which is really exciting um and I think it has huge potential for like adaptation and all of these other cool things I think will happen if I can really focus on this thing and do it well so I'm going to do that I'm going to give myself like a best Mm -hmm. effort I'm literally renting a house in a wintry beach town in like February to just lock myself up and work on this book and drive myself insane play with my cat and um, go to the only local bar that's open and spin around to Gloria by Laura Branigan right like the dream the dream yes (laughs) yeah please visit and like that's that's my plan and I'm, I'm excited that like I'm in a position finally to have like that dream life of like going to a secluded place and you know separating myself and, and isolate like all of those things that f- 
feel sort of darkly romantic about being a writer. Like, I'm just going to try it and see if I, I like it. Um, but that's going to be my year. And uh, and I'm excited to to do all to do all that stuff, too. Um, now, as for Indra, I want to hear your predictions. We'll do some quick predictions for what's going to happen in the remainder uh. of this book. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go? You can go first. Okay. These two girls, they're on the rig. They're going to meet up with the Rebellion, and there's going to be some sort of unveiled, like, larger... Like, they're going to learn that the Rebels are actually the good guys, and that Indrithian society has sort of been suppressed by, like, the High Council. They're going to learn that they're twins, right? They're going to learn that they have the same family. I think they were genetically designed to be faster, better, stronger solar girls, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) And... I think that um, Lex and Kane are going to end up to, together, but I think that that's going to be in the second book. I, I, those are sort of the the they're gonna they're gonna finally sort of join the rebellion at the end of this first book. This first book is only about getting oriented with that, and then the second book I believe is going to be about actually fighting back against. I don't even know who like the big bad is yet. That has yet to be revealed. But I kind of wonder. Some predictions that I have are that. I think the girls are going to, like, they're going to work together, but I think they're going to end up on opposite sides of this fight for a little while Ooh. until they reunite again, too. And the only reason I say that is because I think it's the only interesting option for two girls that are, you know, the same person, right? Like, putting them on other sides of of, of a fight because they have very different upbringings and therefore probably different morals. Mm. Like, I think that would be really interesting. So I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it is what I would do. Yeah, I was about to say that's too interesting for them to actually have done. (laughs) Um, I agree with every single thing that you said. Like, I also think that, you know, they're going to join some sort of fight and rebels are going to be good. I I don't think that they will separate them. I think they're going to be together from now on. No, they're together. They're going to um, have to like learn to work together, though. I do think that they might try to like draw out some sort of awkward love triangle um, before Lex ultimately ends up with Kane. God, but I do no. think I do think that that was the whole point of like having him kiss her and blah blah blah. Um, I think whoever the person was with the drill at the beginning who killed the other person is going to end up being the bad guy. Like the big bad? Oh, right. Yeah, but like who... Isn't it kind of weird that we don't have a villain yet in this book? Ryan, we don't have a plot. Never mind the villain. (laughs) Yeah, but like... We've got nothing. But it's... But even in like a even in a dystopian society, there's a focal point for at least power. Like power right. is consolidated in like a President Snow type of character. Or some sort of Somebody. announcement or computer or something. But like we all we have like are there's, there's not all enough we characters have are, are neon carrots, okay? And like <laughs> we keep being introduced, like we keep being introduced to things that are supposed to be very important, like sort of yeah. like pop up as if they've been there all along, like the voice in the head saying, you'll know what to do when you find her. Like, who is that? Their mother? I don't know. Um, I think it's their dad programming them in their little test tube that they were born in. I agree that they are, like, genetically engineered somehow. What I don't understand is sort of, like, why they were separated. So, like, my theory on that is, like, we separated you so that you could both have like the best of like these two different worlds and like come together to be like a super soldier to like help free your people. Like you were always meant to be or some sort of like convoluted, like this was planned all along type of thing. Yeah. Um, sure. I it's def- like an experiment. Yeah, I definitely think that's going to happen. There's going to be another Veda for um, Lex. She's going to appear. We're going to find another horse. This She's going to be black because um, Veda's white. So... What if they're, what if they're, what if it was Darth and Veda? I will Darth Veda. then declare this the best book that I've ever read. <laughs> All right, like that would really, that would really turn this book around. I feel like we're never going to see the governess again. Oh, she, she's gone. Yeah, she's being skinned alive on like the rejuvenation center. Yeah, Sunrise Island or whatever the fuck it was called. She's, yeah, she's, she's gone being forever. Ex- exfoliated to death <laughs> currently. I think Kane is going to be like matched up with like this uh, Scarpeza. Uh, <laughs> Scarpeza. Wait, Casina? Um, no, the other one. 
Oh, the other one that we can't remember. Yeah. Like Nicolette or whatever. Whatever I don't her know, name whatever. was. Who cares? It's like yes. something weird is going to happen like that, I feel. Um, and I, I feel like they're going to be annoying and make the girls continue to like fight and be combative towards each other for like yeah. a really long time. Uh, do you think that... Okay, well then what if... Ha- I think that leaves this book to basically cover their rivalry and it's going to end with them deciding to work together to see the revolution through or something like that. Like this book seems to be setting up that like they're going to fight one... Like they're going to work together begrudgingly to a common goal, but like the second they get like Kane back, like they're going to they're gonna duke it out. I think that that's kind of where we're going because yeah. they seem to be so at each other's throats artificially that like that's gonna have to come to a head at some point. Right. Uh, or at least maybe. Lex towards Livia. Livia's sort of confused. Livia doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care. I she's know. like, why are you being a rude bitch all the time? Like, what is your fucking problem? And she's right. Um, I agree with you, though. I, th- I think that that is probably where it's gonna end. I think looking at sort of like reading the tea leaves of misogyny and like um girl <laughs> versus girl violence i think we can infer yeah. that the focus is going to be kane somehow like the boy yeah. right so i think we have to keep him at the center of all things and like if they keep fighting and they're both like in love with him in their head especially for livia who like keeps thinking about him for God knows what reason in a way that's not like complete terror and horror. Um, yeah. yeah. There's going to be some sort of like p- put like tug and pull with like the two of them. What if there's another like I think. Oh, actually, I thought of this before and I haven't said it, but this is so ridiculous that it just might be true. I think Kane might end up also having like a twin and then like it's resolved because like they both end up with like their own Kane. That's crazy. I love that. Wait, my insane prediction is that at one point there's going to be a moment when Livia is using her zinger, the sword that sings, and Kane is using his like super color blaster 500 via the sound from her zinger. Because oh, remember, I feel like, like that's it takes so sound possible. and paints. Like the fact that we have a singing sword and then a character who like loves to like paint screams. Ooh, Literally, if they don't do that. Then what was the point of anything? Do you remember? I never mind. I don't want to get into. I don't want to get into the crazy shit that's happened with that. But yeah, there's gonna be like graffiti moments because there has to be. Like there's gonna like art is gonna be important here. So these are some good predictions, and I'm curious if. If you're our listener, if you're part of Discord, or if you follow us anywhere on social media, um, in response to the post uh, advertising this particular episode, I would love to hear people's predictions as well, too, because um, you guys honestly have better memories than we do at this point. And I would be curious what, like, what small details you think are going to come back or what you're looking forward to seeing executed by the quartet of authors authoring this. Yes, I would love to know as well, because... Whatever, like, kind of unhinged thing you come up with is probably not even going to be close to what they actually end up doing to us. It's going to be so much crazier. (laughs) I know. I'm, like, I'm very much, I'm, like, very looking forward to it. I can't wait to get back into this in the new year. So, oh, well, good. Okay. I like our recaps. I like our personal recaps as well, too. I'm excited about 2024 and all it holds for the Bad Author Book Club. I know we've got some great announcements coming out for our listeners, which is exciting. So keep an eye out. You'll see those once We've got all our ducks in a row, but Angel, it's been such a joy to spend this year with you and our listeners. I can't thank you enough for your friendship, your club membership, everything hot queen about you. Thank you so much for everything. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure being on Bitch Planet together for a whole year. (laughs) Another year on Bitch Planet. Another year around the bitch sun. Amazing. Well, listeners, you know what to do. Find us on social media. All the links are in our show notes and join us on Discord to discuss. That link is also in our show notes. And if you'd like to follow me, Ryan, you can find me at the Ryan LaSala on uh, Twitter slash X slash Instagram slash TikTok slash Blue Sky anywhere, really. And I'm on uh, RyanLaSala.com. It's my website. 
And if you want to follow me, Clarabelle, I'm at Clarabelle underscore Ortega on all the social media platforms, but I'm especially active on Instagram threads and TikTok. And my website is ClarabelleOrtega.com. Don't forget to go buy all our books. Yes, it will be a holiday miracle. (laughs) At the Bitch Planet household. So we love you, Hot Queens. We'll see you next year. Biggest kisses. See you next year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Jingle jangle. Okay, ready. Count us in. One, two, three. Beautiful. <laughs> worse one yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, worser and worser. That's how we do it at the Battle Through Book Club. <laughs>